Welcome to the first annual CEDH Awards Show. Tonight, we celebrate the new cards and reprints from all the biggest decks from CEDH in 2021, including the four best deck of the year nominees, Cody Turbonaz, Najila Tempo, Razakats, and Winota Stacks. Presenting tonight's awards are Pleasant Kenobi, Sage of Fables, Michael David Lynch from I Hate Your Deck, Comedian, Alan from Mental Misplay, Josh from Second Seven, Commander Mechanic, The Who Brewed This Cast, Alex Kessler, Scott Cullen, Moderately Anonymous MTG, Spleenface from Into the North, MTG Pro Brian Koval, Ryan Street from Playing With Power, Ken Bauman from The Secret Life of an American Teenager and Stack EDH, Rebel Son, and the Hermit Druid himself, Nathan Jones. And here are tonight's hosts, Cobblepot, Pongo, and Callahan. And welcome everybody to the 2021 Mind Sculptor CEDH Award Show. I am your host, Callahan, and today I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Pongo, up from Quebec. Hello. Yes, joining you in the flesh today. Yeah, we've got videos. And, of course, down there, uh, my other American friend, Cobblepot. How are you doing today? Doing well. We have 18 categories of uh, awards to hand out today. But before we get into that, I just want to take a moment and uh, remind you that if you like the content that we make, head on over to our Patreon. Uh, You can go there and subscribe, and that will get you some Discord access. Uh, But if you do that, that helps continue to help out endeavors like this. These are not easy to uh, produce. So uh, we would greatly appreciate that and all the support that you could possibly had uh, give to us. Also want to remind you, you can go get merch. We have a merch store that's down in the description. I keep forgetting that I need to plug this. So now that we're here in the flesh, I'm going to plug this. Um, and also, don't forget, we also have a TCG player affiliate link that you should be using. And we also have an Inked Gaming affiliate link so if you want to go get some custom card sleeves anything like that head on use our link down in the description and that also helps the show so without further ado we're going to look into the cedh awards so before before we get to the categories i want to tell you about how the methodology worked how we how we came up with this list uh the first thing we did was at the beginning uh, i think it was like the end of november beginning of december we sent out a uh, a Google form, a survey uh, to several different big uh, YouTube content creators, uh, some of the big uh, CEDH discords, and got nominees from the community at large for uh, what should be the best white card, the best blue card, et cetera, et cetera. And what we did were the top four nominated uh cards or decks or whatever um those would be the nominees then once we got those the us 12 mind sculptors all voted on 
which one we thought was the best of what we got. So what you are getting today is what the mind sculptors think. Um, so we really, we really spent some time. I know cobble really, really labored over a couple of your decisions. Um, we'll see if they, you two don't know the, the, uh, the outcome. Do you? That's right. Yeah. We're, nope. we're completely in the dark on this. I'm the only one who knows all. I am the keeper of knowledge. I love this. So many secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, we are going to toss it over to our first presenter. He is famous. We all know him. We all love him. His uh, best video, in my opinion, is his Tibble Glow Up video. I'm going to toss it over to my good friend, Vince, also known as Pleasant Kenobi. Hello, massive fucking legend here, Pleasant Kenobi. You might know me better from videos such as Mono Blue Minotaurs, uh, Stop Playing Taplands and Commander, you fucking idiots, and Why Do All the White Cards Suck? I'm here to present the best new white card in CEDH 2021, even if the video is a little bit late, eh? And the candidates are in order of what's in front of me, not particular order, just what's written down. Cathar Commando, the Flash Artifact and Enchantment Destruction Spell is also a beta. Esper Sentinel, card advantage that blue gets much better, but you know, we can settle for it on a human soldier body. Oswald Fiddlebender, the Birthing pod for artifacts on a gnome and out of time. The three mana wrath that's not really a wrath because everything's coming back in time for you to muck about next turn. And the winner is, I'm going to pretend to open an envelope. I was going to find an envelope, but I couldn't find one because I'm incredibly disorganized. And the winner is, oh, surprise, surprise. It's Esper Sentinel. Want to draw some cards on each rotation of the table, or at least force your opponents to play inefficiently to stop you doing so? Then Esper Sentinel is your lad. Really, although I say blue gets versions of this that are strictly better, they're not really. At one mana, this thing is highly efficient to be able to drop, be dropped at a sideline to your main turn's plan or very early in the game. Thanks for inviting me on. Congratulations to Esper Sentinel, and I'll see you all soon. Thank you so much, Vince and Congo Cobble. Um, I have to agree with Pleasant Kenobi. I'm not super surprised as Sentinel won this category. Um, I don't think many people are going to be surprised by this one. Um, you know, Cobble, when it comes to Esper Sentinel, why ultimately do you think we as a group chose this card, you know, other than, you know, if you could sum it up for people. For me, I mean... One of the biggest deficits that you see in white is is access to card advantage, and this is a, lo a lot of people refer to it as as the you know mystic remora of white, but um, it's not that. But it it still does quite a lot of work starting from the very beginning of the game. And uh, the other part of what I think makes it so compelling is that it doesn't it doesn't force you into any type of strategy. So it can you can put it really into any deck, and it's going to to give you benefit. Some of the other uh, contenders that were there, Oswald Fillbender and Out of Time, those are great cards, but they're contextually great. So if they're they're not going to be a, a universally applicable card to any deck that is you know having white in its color identity. 
Right. Pongo, your take. Well, I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised either. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not. I can't even remember who else was nominated. Um, <laughs> and I and I nominated one of the other cards. Um, nominated one of the other cards, knowing pretty much full well that it probably wasn't ultimately going to win. Um, you know, I think the rest of the cards that were listed are strong. They have their place, but you know, the only thing I'll add on top of what Cobble said is that none of those other cards find a home in basically every deck that can support right. them. Yeah, it's a very uniquely powerful card, and it's uh, nice to see a uniquely powerful card get printed into white uh, that gives not only just low-color decks with white some more access to it, but really even high-color decks, too. So it's got a lot it doesn't of cost $90. There. That's also really good. It doesn't good. cost $90 yet. <laughs> Well, the good thing is, is it was printed at rare, not mythic. See, yeah, that's the that's the reason. Um, our next category is presented by a sculpty boy themselves, Sage of Fables, and they are going to present us with the best new blue card. Hey there. Whenever we need answers, we tend to turn for blue for help, and this year has been no different. We've gotten great removal like Resculpt and Raven Form, and we've gotten new counter spells as we often do. We've even gotten answers to problematic ETBs in the form of Mystic Reflection and Dress Down. But these year's nominees for Best Blue Card might surprise you. And they are Solve the Equation, Malevolent Hermit, Dress Down, and Holebreaker Horror. And the winner is. Holebreaker Horror! Congratulations, you weird serpent tentacle monster. You live your best life. Thank you so much, Sage. And uh, that is, this was one of the most hotly contested of some of the categories we had when it came down to the voting on this. I'll tell you that right now as the person who counted all the votes. Um it was very close. I think almost all of these got at least two votes. Um, Pongo, when you look at Holebreaker Horror, what do you think ended up pushing it over the edge, uh, over the top, really, of, of something like Malevolent Hermit or Dress Down? I think a big part of it might just be that uh, people are excited about the card. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of those other cards you know, feel like powerful options. Things that, uh, you know, you're going to play in a number of decks. They, you know, find their home in a number of decks. Um, they're not necessarily going to be sort of as archetype defining as a card like Hullbreaker Horror is. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. I know, you know, for myself, for instance, as a Kinnan player, Hullbreaker Horror was super exciting to see. I think Kinnan is definitely a, a very prominent uh, sort of meta deck. Um, and so a lot of people were probably excited by Holebreaker Horror, but then obviously there's a lot of brewing just around the card. Um, right. You know, it slots into a lot of decks just as a straight upgrade to Tidespout Tyrant, but also, you know, just the fact that it's a little bit more powerful, that much more powerful, kind of just, you know, gets the, the juices flowing, the creative juices. Yeah. Cobble, what is what are you what were your thoughts on on the outcome of this uh, this category? It's it's not surprising completely, but I I think I voted for Hullbreaker Horror because I put Dress Down 
in another category. And mm-hmm. I, you know, really thinking about it, I, I feel as time goes on, probably dress down is going to wind up being the, the card that sees more play um, mm-hmm. just because it's such a powerful effect for yeah. two mana at instant speed as a cantrip to be able to, you know, turn off all stacks for a turn so that you can combo out or, you know, to stop somebody from being able to uh, execute their, their consult Oracle cast. Right. Hullbreaker horror is just very exciting. It's, you know, it's, you can't counter it. It can, you know, it does, it bounces things that you want. It bounces spells it would be great if it bounced your own spells, then you could play it in Kork or Sakashima. <laughs> but um, beggars can't be choosers. It, and it kind of, along with Toxrill, have, has really kind of reinvigorated some of the you know reanimator or oath strategies that you can see in um, Tassiger or Saltai in general. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the Saltai and sort of graveyard, Uh, Our next category is the best new black card, and that's going to be presented to us by our good friend over at I Hate Your Deck, Michael David Lynch. It's Lynch from I Hate Your Deck, and I'm happy to present here at the CEDH Awards and today the nominees for best new black card, Dothy Voidwalker, Grim Hireling, Profane Tutor, and Meat Hook Massacre. And the winner is Dothy Voidwalker. So for all those who love to exile people's spells, sack the Voidwalker and cast it, congratulations. Have a good time. And this is Lynch from India. Take care. Thank you so much, Lynch, for presenting the new or best new black card of 2021. Uh, thank you for presenting on this great show. It's a pleasure to have him on. Um, Cobblepot. Uh, there, is there any surprise about Dothy winning this category? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, the, the other contenders, Profane Tutor, you see that pretty much only in, um, in, uh, in Cody, Cody. what's it in Cody, the codex. Um, and I mean, Grim Hireling is, is, is beginning to pick up. People are, are, are warming to it and. You see Meat, Meat Hook Massacre in a couple of kind of niche kind of places, but mm-hmm. Dothy is just everywhere. And um, one of the strongest things that you can do in the metagame right now is is Underworld Breach. And Dothy just says, not only does Dothy say, you know, no to that, but being able to just kind of accumulate all of this potential over time as as the, you know, turns orbit, um, being able to just for free cast anything that's that people have either cast or milled or discarded uh, is it's just incredibly useful. It has great mm-hmm. utility, and um, it's it. On the one hand, you know it's a hate bear, and on the other hand, it's it can be you know an accelerant to kick off a game winning play. So it's just a great card. Bongo, I know in some games that we've played on our Team Turn 3 streams on Sundays, you should go check those out, by the way, um, that Dothy Voidwalker can kind of play a disruptive element in Counter Wars. Yeah, I mean, 
that's the thing, right? If you're holding up a Dothy Voidwalker, um, depending on the role you are currently playing at the table, if you're the aggressor, um, a little less so, but sort of if you're defending against something, you can kind of look at Dothy Voidwalker as representing an extra counterspell in many situations. If you've got a counterspell um, that you're planning to use on somebody else's spell that's going to potentially win the game, they try to counter back, their counter spell resolves, it counters your counter, that's great, but then you've got their counter waiting to use underneath your Dothy Voidwalker. So, yeah. you know, especially when you're playing that defensive role, when you're playing, you know, these sort of mid-rangey decks um, that want to play more disruptive game plan and then kind of sculpt into a more, let's say, definitive win. Um, yeah, the card is is gas, <laughs> serious gas. But, I uh, you know... This card- when this card was spoiled that uh i think phoenix was in our discord losing his mind <laughs> so- sounds about right but but i think grim hireling is uh people definitely need to uh take another look at that card cuz that card is great that is also a great card in any timna deck for sure is that a card that we think its stocks are going to continue to go up as time goes on most certainly yeah, continue to go up is is a hundred percent. You know, emphasis on continue because that card is really spiked in price. Yeah. Yes. Well, speaking of some spikes, a lava spike, if you will. Um, our next category is the best new red card of twenty twenty one, and presenting that is going to be friend of the show, comedian MTG. Take it away, Ian. Hello, Mind Sculptors family. Welcome to the best red cards of 2021. My name is Ian, and I'm here from Comedian MTG, representing Mono Red. Let's talk about the best red cards from 2021. Our nominees are 1. Bergie, God of Storytelling. Number 2. Dragon Rage Channeler. 3. Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer. And 4. Stormkiln Artisan. Now let's hear a drum roll before we reveal our winner. Our winner for 2021 is Ragavan Nimble Pilfer. Congratulations, little monkey. You've earned it. Grabbing a bunch of top decks, making some treasure, being the most aggressive birds of paradise there is. All right, everybody. See you guys in the next one. Thank you so much, Ian. And uh, congratulations, Pongo, really, uh, for Ragavan winning this award. Uh, Pongo, this is a card that you're a big fan of uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, and so when it comes to this card, I, I think that there was no surprise for me at the very least seeing this card win the category. I thought it was fairly obvious in my opinion. Um, but, you know, when it comes to you, Pongo, what were what were your thoughts when it went into the voting decisions? Um, well, I mean, there was certainly some anxiety. If Ragavan didn't win, I think that would have really crushed. It would have crushed me. So I, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I can sleep well tonight. Um, you know, not only did Ragavan win, but we also have an idea for another video, which is who is the best dressed at this awards show. <laughs> so far, Ian is coming in doing a great job with right. uh, the, the all red outfit. That was fantastic. Um, but when it comes to some of these other cards, you know, Bergie is a card um cobble i know recently on twitter you've been talking about the back half of bergie um and some of the wild stuff that you can do with her 
um, Storm Kiln Storm Kiln Artisan uh, is mm-hmm. one of those cards that almost single handedly helped reinvigorate um, the the uh, what is it the the coins decks right and right. really mm-hmm. did a lot to push those decks forward. So Kyle, when you look at this this category as a whole. How do you feel like Ragavan obviously is a very strong card to win out of this category? Right. And I mean, really, all I, I would say all four of these cards are just stacked. And yep. Red continues to have its hot streak of just getting absolute banger after banger. Um, yeah, Bergie is tremendous on either side for any type of deck that wants to cast a lot of spells, uh, you know, namely Storm kind of decks or. Mm-hmm. Uh, decks that have Krark as one of the partners. Um, it just gives so much value uh, by either giving you acceleration on the one side, or if you've got plenty of acceleration, giving you plenty of gas to be able to use uh, for you know just being able to dig to, to get what you need to be able to combo out. And I mean, I can't say enough about Stormkiln Artisan. That mm. card is just, um, it it gets better and better the the more I play it and, you know, uh, just see the synergies that it has with, you know, like Flusterstorm and, you know, just casting a spell and then Flusterstorming your own spell just so you can get 15 treasures or whatever and be able to, it, it's it's in some cases stronger than Dockside. Which, the mega ritual. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, I mean, that that carries a lot of weight to, to be able to make that kind of a statement. Um, but yeah, Ragavan is 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 no surprise here. It I I don't know if I that it its power is really really high early game. I don't know if its power is maintained throughout to the end game, but um it has definitely seen, you know, kind of meta saturation and it's it's excellent in all the places that I've seen it. And I think a lot of it really coming to the top of this is kind of similar to why Dothy uh, and Esper Sentinel won in their categories as well, right? Is the ability for Ragavan to, it? if you look at these other red cards, these are all storm cards uh, and they need you to be casting a lot of spells. Ragavan fits into any deck that has red in its color identity. Yeah. yeah um, and you so actually see that, Ragavan that, in stacks decks. You absolutely do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that monkey. Were you going to say Punga? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, that's it. Ragavan, as as Callahan was saying, fits into every pretty much every deck. Um, you know, sometimes some people will leave it out, but, um, you know, especially if you're playing like a Timna-style deck or, or Najila, you just love having that one drop that, you know, is attacking and making mana. And yeah. you know what I mean? You're not picking one or the other. You know, you're getting the best of both worlds, for especially for those types of decks. And those decks, uh, you know, are, are, I would say, very, very... Um, they're staples of the metagame. So so if they are staples of the metagame, Ragavan is going to be a staple of the metagame by extension. Right. And and people, people are very averse to letting Ragavan deal damage to them because of, you know, getting the their top card exiled and it I, I i've seen people squirm and it it is it just wields a lot of power 
on a whole bunch of different dimensions and it's tremendous. Right. Uh, our next category is speaking of a powerful color is the color green. And we're going to be taking a look at the best new green card of 2021 and who better to present that category than Alan from mental misplay meant than Alan from mental misplay. Alan, take it away. What's up, guys? Ramp Gang, Mental Misplay, we out here. 2021 CEDH Awards. Let's get right into it. We got Mono Green. I took a look at the list to see what was available. Green was up there. I play green cards sometimes. Let's get after it. So we got, first and foremost, we got the Averbrook Caretaker. This thing is absolutely wild. It's a flip card. If you can remember your triggers and flip it over, it starts out with Hexproof. It's six mana. And once it flips over, it protects the squad. It's big. It gives everybody a buff. It's preposterous. This card, when it comes out, it's a problem. Nobody's ready for it. Next, we got Endurance. This card is wild. It's definitely saved me a couple games. You can play it at instant speed. It's got flash. It's got reach. It's got evoke. It's got everything. And it stops the Thoracle win if you're lucky. Next, we got the Sanctum Weaver. This thing is pure gas in an Enchantress deck. You can tap it for so many mana. All the enchantments, all the mana. Big, big. It's it's like a guy's cradle, but it's a creature also and an enchantment. And it's for enchantments. I love it. Super crazy. Next, we got Troski, Bearer of Secrets. Troski? To, not there's no R in there. It's Toski. Toski Bearer of Secrets. This thing is great. It's four mana, one one, indestructible. When it deals damage, when any creature, whenever a creature, this thing is big, big, big draws. You know what's up. We love some big draws. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. You love to see it. Let's take a look and see who the winner is. You guys ready? Do you think you know who it is? I gotta tutor it out real quick. All right, give me just a second. All right, here we go. We're going to tutor for it. I just used the survival. I discarded the collector roof because I'm a madman. Let's see if we can find it real fast. You know I love to vamp while we tutor. Uh, big jokes, vamp tutor. Get it? Um, let's see if we can find this, though. I really like how this card synergizes with the survival of the fittest because you can really mess around with people at instant speed. I know it's in here. I saw it just the other day. I even attempted to stop a win with it. Come on. There it is. Almost at the top. It's always, it's always closest to the top. Here it is. You guessed it. It's endurance. This thing is stopping Thoracle wins. You gotta love it. It's, it was such a cool needed effect and that was a really cool cycle and very relevant to the meta right now. It sure beats a Loaming Shaman, I'll tell you that much. Thank you guys again. Thank you so much, Alan, and congratulations to Endurance. And Cobble, was there any doubt again? We've gone down through the color pie so far and was there any doubt that this was going to win the, the green category? I don't think so. For me, it's it's been just such a, a game-changing card uh, for green. Green hasn't been getting a whole lot of love in the past two years, yeah. and this is this has really been a, a breath of fresh air in as as utility to uh, be able to in in some ways uh, be able to disrupt either people who are on Underworld Breach or people who are in the middle of trying to win with their, their Oracle consultation. Um, but it also, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, it has been a way for, you know, mono green or, you know, preferably any, any color that has access to green to not need to do uh, twister loops if it has infinite mana. Um, being able to just kind of, uh, you know, shuffle your library and then, Throw the throw endurance back onto the top of your library and go again, and you know just being able to do that without drawing cards for your opponents is just huge. 
And there's just a ton of circumstances where the the, the ability is just um, a thing that you need, and being able to cast it at instant speed for you know for free uh, right. is it's it's just bonkers. Pongo, what are your thoughts on endurance? I know, I know you were really hoping Avabruck Caretaker would pull this one home, but uh, you know what were what were your thoughts of it ultimately? You know, I think Alan said it really well. Avabruck Caretaker is an absurd magic card, but at the end of the day, it's a six mana magic card um, where endurance will frequently you know be zero mana interaction, and you know in this format, efficiency is king. Um, you know, I think that people oftentimes forget that, you know, and, and I think that if you see a card that costs one mana, you know, upwards of even up to two mana, but, you know, zero mana sort of being very, very premium in that regard, uh, these are always going to be, I think, held in very, very high regard, um, and, and kind of command sort of a premium, at least from, uh, the, the our perspective in terms of our evaluations um so endurance is exactly that card you know zero mana interaction and it interacts with two very very important win conditions in the format that being thoughts oracle it can uh, punish underworld breach lines but in addition you know you can use it in a wide variety of places like against um reanimator style decks and stuff like that or just people trying to recur something you know you can punish them there so I think that the card has a wide range of applications. When I first saw it spoiled, I remember people being like, oh, well, this is kind of crummy. Um, and I was like, no, this card is actually kind of sick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I think that you're seriously underestimating this card. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like, well, you know, we'll see if it sees play in higher color decks. Um but I was sold on it immediately for, for the low color decks, you know, especially decks without access to blue. Um, this is a major get for those decks. And I say, uh, or I was going to say any, any deck that, that has uh, Kadama as one of the partners. Yeah. Well, it that's is it. <laughs> being able to skirt, not only casting a permanent, but the timing constraints around casting a permanent like if you want to get rule of law into play at instant speed on mm-hmm. somebody else's turn you know in response to them oh doing i would an have never or something that. like that it's a yeah, free three it, drop yeah yep so the evoke cards are, are very good with kodama they um, really are but but yeah that's it so i mean i i think that the card is is very you know it, it's quite impressive uh in practice um and and yeah as alan alluded to you know really really powerful once you're doing uh, things with survival the fittest yeah so great way to great way to demonstrate that one on to our next category is best new colorless card of 2021 and that's going to be presented by friend of the show josh of second seven mmm What's going on, everybody? This is Josh from Second 7. Now, 2021 had a ton of great cards for the Commander format, and maybe some not so great, but today we are going over the nominees and the winner for the best new colorless card from 2021. Now, colorless cards, I think, are one of the better categories for all of these. Of course, I'm announcing it. That's why I chose it. But colorless cards can go in any deck, 
Right. So first off on the nominee list, we have Moon Silver Key. Now, Moon Silver Key, originally released in Innistrad Midnight Hunt, is an artifact for two mana, one and tap sack Moon Silver Key. Search your library for an artifact card with a mana ability or a basic land card and reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Now, Moon Silver Key was a boon for decks like Godo and maybe even something like Kinnon, right? This gets your Cursed Mirror, this gets your Treasure Vault, this gets your Urza's Saga so that you can tutor another one-drop artifact. Now, Moon Silver Key is a great add for a lot of these decks. However, was not good enough to get it to the top spot for 2021. Next on the nominees is Explore the Vat. No, this... This can't be right. Who this is who wrote the script? Explore the I've never seen this card cast at all, let alone in a CDH game. This is a this is a CDH podcast, right? The whatever there's a front side. The sw- turn it over. Mr. Slappy oh, Alan, I swear to God, you're I guess if anyone's gonna taint the environment, I think Alan's the person I'd choose. Okay, hold on. What does that say out of there? Wandering our Okay, new slide. Who's messing with these slides? Okay, there we go. Wandering Archaic 5-drop creature 4-4. When an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay 2. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This is a great include in things that maybe don't have enough counter spells or want more removal. So if somebody tries to remove something else, you can remove another piece. Or the counter stack has to be doubled from the player going off. So maybe as a non-blue player, you are much more likely to be able to act in the counter war simply because you are taxing another player by two. So Wandering Archaic at five mana doesn't make the cut in a lot of lists, but in mid-range lists or late game lists that look to go long, five is not a big deal. However, it was not enough to get Wandering Archaic the top spot for colorless card in 2021. Treasure Vault. This is, this is fake. This can't be right. This is, this is straight out of a, out of a, out of the Hobbit. No, this literally the scene. I, is that Smaug in the background? What is, okay, Treasure Vault, Artifact, Land, Tap for a Colorless, XX Tap, Sacrifice Treasure Vault, Create X Treasure Tokens. Having two important super types on here, Artifact and Land, it is fetchable with plenty of cards. However, it turning off due to something like a Null Rod or a Stony Silence kind of makes Treasure Vault a little bit difficult. And while something like Kinnon can utilize this to an extreme in the ability to generate each of its treasures for two, netting you mana in the long run on Treasure Vault, I don't quite think it gets there and it does not make it for the top spot for Colorless Card in 2021. After the long wait of the ramblings and ridiculousness of this video, the winner for best colorless card in 2021 goes to Urza's Saga. This enchantment land once again able to be searched from multitudes of cards due to both of its super types, Urza's Saga has earned its spot here at the top of the list. Despite not being able to get any artifact that is maybe zero or one mana value, as it requires a mana cost of zero or one, sorry Esper Sentinel, Urza's Saga has come in clutch for a lot of decks. The second ability giving you a beater, something to sacrifice, or to feed someone else's docks. That's not a pro of the... Um, okay. Um, it's an enchantment, so it feeds other people's docks. Oh, well, the script is terrible. 
Okay, uh, finally, search your library for an artifact card. That's the one. That's the one we like to see. That can grab maybe a mana vault or a soul ring, whatever you might need to propel you farther forward into the game. Since you're losing this, you can tap it for mana in response. Grab some mana producing artifact like a soul ring. Get three colorless mana on the turn that you sacrifice it. And then also you can grab something like a Sensei's Divining Top for those decks that really, really want one of those to maybe combo out or to get an easy value train off of their counterbalance. But Urza's Saga definitely has proved its place here for best colorless card in the entirety of the year of 2021. Thank you so much, Josh. And uh, it's honestly, thank you for presenting and that hilarious presentation. Honestly, there were some very funny parts in that. Uh, there are, I'll try, I'll try to see if I could get it in, in post-production, some of Cobble's reactions because he definitely found it quite funny. Um, <laughs> so when we're looking at this Pongo, we've got Moon Silver Key, a uh, card that you play in Kinnon. Got Treasure Vault, a card that you play in Kinnon, and Urza Saga, which is played in everything in Wandering Archaic that's played in mid-range. So, you know, what's the, the thought process here ultimately at the end of the day? Um, well, I disagree that Urza Saga is played in, in everything. It's I it's mean played I, in a, a lot of stuff. It's played in a lot of stuff, yeah. But I in fact I play it very little, um, interestingly enough, but I think that's because I tend to play more four and five color decks. Um that being said, I absolutely think it's to pick here um, because it is an exceptionally powerful card. I think that, you know, punch for punch, like it's it is more powerful than the other cards that were nominated. Um, the other cards that were nominated perhaps have more of a place in very specific decks, you know, whether it's Kinnon, which loves to have treasure vaults, you know, it's an, a huge get for that deck. And Moon Silver Key as well being a really big get for, for that deck. Um, or or like Goto, for instance, um, being pretty happy to have Moon Silver Key as well. Um, you know, that's it's another one of these cases where it's still pretty restrictive in terms of the decks that you're actually playing it. Um, whereas a card like Urza Saga does see widespread play, um, if not play in, in every deck. <laughs> um so yeah you know there's that and there's just the fact that you play that on turn one and you're getting a soul ring on turn three and that's pretty excellent so um you know great card what else is there to say yeah cobble i know this is a card that a lot of people have tried you know even building entire decks around where you can play it and create uh the uh, what is it constructs and then bring it back and kind of do it all over again um this is a card that seems to be able to be pretty versatile in its ability to do a lot of different things. It's just exceptionally versatile. Um, I've seen it used in fast decks to get acceleration. I've seen it used in stack decks to get Grafdigger's Cage. Um, mm. I've seen it in decks that are doing uh, Bolas's Citadel to go and get um, uh, Sensei's Divining Top. Um, you know, it, it's just very, very flexible. Um, and that's just like the third, you know, that's the, the third stage of that saga, um, being able to, to, to get in some ways, you know, many constructs out of it. Cause there's lots of, 
you know, shenanigans people can do as far as untapping the land. And um, it's, it's really got a lot of uh, potential. And I mean, I think a lot of people see that potential used to great effect in modern. And mm-hmm. a lot of it translates pretty seamlessly to, to CEDH. So uh, it's, it, it's, it's easy to fit into most decks because it does something that most decks want to do. Right. Absolutely. Well, moving away from not having any colors, moving in the opposite direction of having a lot of colors. It's the best new multi multi-color card of the year and presenting it this year. A fellow Canadian of yours, Pongo is Chris, the commander mechanic. Hey folks, I'm Chris and I'm your Commander Mechanic, and I am honored to be presenting the 2021 CEDH Award for Best Multicolored Card. Our nominees in this category are Culling Ritual, Dam, Grohl Knock the Omnivore, and Ignoble Hierarch. And I have the winner right here. Let's take a look. Our winner is... Culling Ritual. Congratulations, Culling Ritual. What a fantastic board wipe and ritual stapled on one card. Very well earned and well deserved. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, Culling Ritual has been a card that has gained a lot of attention in CEDH. And Pongo, this is a card that fits into uh, specifically Nasdex to very like dangerous degree (laughs) oh yeah um i distinctly remember during our our set review video saying that like i had a sneaking suspicion that this card is kind of broken um and and i think that as people have finally gotten their hands on it and actually played with it that's that's sort of borne out um you know, I've I've seen this card cast many times, and I've seen it be a must counter card every time it's been put on the stack, basically. <laughs> um, and and you know what? That's that's good for a card to be a must counter threat. Um, even if it does get countered, it means that you're you're playing cards that demand that people have answers. Um, so regardless of whether or not it even resolves like half the time, that sort of doesn't matter because you know you've just kind of increased the threat density of your deck, right? Uh, in one of your ritual slots, which is pretty right. nice. Um, so, so yeah, this is like the type of card that I think um, if you're playing like the Sans Green Turbo Nas decks, this is like the first time you're kind of looking over the aisle and like you're like, <laughs> man, like I, I, I don't get the cool toy. What's going on? <laughs> this is not right. I didn't sign up for this. I'm supposed to get everything. <laughs> Cobble, when you look at this list of nominees, there's some very good cards on this. But ultimately, what puts, like, you know, Pongo talked about this, what put, ends up putting Culling Ritual over the top, like, ult- ultimately, we know, right, it makes makes a bunch of mana. But, you know, is there anything else there? Well, it it's not just that it makes a lot of mana. Yes, it makes a whole lot of mana, but, you know, so does Dockside Extortionist. Um, but... I think something that we're seeing in the metagame is proliferation of treasure because of, you know, everybody bouncing the dock sides and cloning the dock sides and blinking the dock sides and 
playing Smothering Tithe and playing um, Hired uh, Tiefling. Uh, Grim Hireling. Grim yeah. Hireling, thank you. Um, you know, Treasure is getting bigger and bigger yeah. as, as part of you know people's acceleration packages. And um, even though people can sack their treasures in response to you doing this, um, that takes away resources that they would be able to otherwise use on their turns. And for every dork that you snag and for every, um, you know, ether sworn canonist that you hit or, you know, Sylvan library, Remora carpet, you know, all of these things, um, it, it creates a void of resource access for the people that are not ready for it to happen. So they, right. they're going to go be set back mm-hmm. and it, throws you way, way, way forward. And uh, it is just a huge swing. And like Pongo said, it's it's one of those cards that when people play it and they're they're playing it intentionally, it's it it's one of those cards that you either you either counter it or you shuffle. Yeah. Um because mm-hmm. it's so backbreaking. Yep. Hundred percent. Must counter threat, and when they don't have it, you win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the next category of some more possible threats is the best new creature card in presenting this category is the cast of Who Brewed This? What's up, Spice fans? My name's Claire. This is Scoots. And I'm Cicada. And we're the Who Brewed This team presenting to you the 2021 CDH Awards winner for Best New Creature Card. And you may notice that we all look different, but don't worry. Rebels Assimilation comes for all of us. We promise you that we're happy. This year, we had a bunch of awesome contenders for Best New Creature Card. One of them was even white, and it's not a meme. I promise. Without further ado, we present to you... The nominees. Storm's new mom, putting the horn in horny CDH. It's Bergy, god of storytelling. Recurrable value, hate piece, and a nice unblockable body, it's Douthy Voidwalker. A new addition to CEDH lingo with Do You Pay the X? And a white draw card, it's Esper Sentinel. And finally, a brand new way to regret that Imperial Seal. It's Ragavan, Nimble Pilferer. And the winner is... Dothy Voidwalker! Thank you so much, Who Brewed This, the cast of Who Brewed This. Um, this is the second, uh, win for Dothy, and this is a pretty stacked list. Uh, you know, Cobble, what is your, uh, you know, gut reaction when you see this? Because I know this was a very tight race between specifically Dothy, Esper Sentinel, and Ragavan. Right. I feel like it could have gone, it could, it could easily have gone to any of those, those cards Mm -hmm. and have been worth it. Um, because all of these cards are seeing a lot of play. They're all doing a lot of work. 
Um, I think that given the current metagame where there's so much saturation around ad nause and underworld breach that um, Dothy just does so much work against the biggest threats in the metagame that it, I, I think that's probably the thing that pushed it over and having that extra utility of, you know, being able to support your, your, your interaction package, uh, being able to draw more cards with Timna, being able to, you know, cast other people's spells for free. It just, it, it, it hits all the right notes and, um, it is a sensible winner, I think here. Yeah. Pongo, your thoughts. So word show is rigged. So word show is rigged. <laughs> it's a sham. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I agree with Cobble. I think uh, Dathy Voidwalker is, uh, you know, it's a fine winner. I think that any of these cards could have won, basically. Um, we got a lot of really powerful creatures this year. We really did. Uh, is, is kind of the moral of the story. Um, so on the one hand, I'm surprised. But on the other hand, I feel like I would have been a little surprised by any any of these cards winning. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably the sign of uh, a very uh, hotly contested field. Yeah, absolutely. If I if, just to just to give you an idea on how close this was, um, it was pretty much three, 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 four in the voting. So it was very 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 close on who won this category um just to make an observation yeah um i'm i'm very surprised that winota didn't make it to the final four winota i was very surprised at winota well winota didn't come out in 2021 yeah that's what i was thinking too winota came out in 2020 in icoria really Icoria is almost two years old. Wow. Yeah, okay. time well, then that makes sense. Wibbly wobbly stuff in, in we, COVID. We uh, currently live in a vacuum and yeah. time no longer has any meaning. Um, <laughs> We're out of time. Yeah, you could say that. On to the next category uh, is best new artifact. Presenting for us is host of the MM cast, Alex Kessler. Ladies and gentlemen, artificers. Artificers are amongst the strongest mages throughout the plains. Urza, Mishra, Karn, Tezzeret, Emery, Sahili, some of the greatest warriors, wizards, mages, and cards ever printed. And their tools, ranging from everyday objects to the rarest of ancient treasures, to the most dangerous weapons ever created, have influenced magic more than any other card type in history. Some of the most iconic cards in magic history worldwide are artifacts, from the Moxes, to Black Lotus, to Soul Ring, to Time Vault. Today, we honor those artificers and their tools by choosing the best artifact to be printed for CDH in 2021. The nominees from the category are Cody, Vosphorus Codex, Esper Sentinel, Moon Sliver Key, and Sword of Hearth and Home. These nominees range from a weapon that reminds you of Winter Nights by the Fireplace, 
a book that yells at you for skipping class, uh, but letting it slide once in a while, a soldier who may be the best white card draw ever printed, and a key that can return the day to its natural cycle. I, Alex Kessler, am proud to uh, announce what the winner of this category would be, uh, and the winner of the best new artifact card in CDH is... Uh, surprising no one, Esper Sentinel! You know, I didn't expect to be, you know, it was an honor to be not. Thank you. Thank you, Alex Kessler. Thank you for, uh, you know, uh, the Academy. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for printing me. Thank you, the CDH community, for supporting and being excited about what white card draw could do uh, in Magic. I'm really excited for the future of uh, this color and what its power levels are going to be in the future. Uh, and and uh, it's been honestly an honor to be nominated in so many categories this year. And... Uh, to win Best Artifact, even with not being a colorless card, is both surprising and exciting. Uh, and, you know, to my fellow nominees, you know, as a man with swords attached to my arms, I respect Sword and Heart and Home. Uh, you know, uh, the rest of you are also cool. I like a book. Uh, and just, uh, I'll read, I'll read the, uh, the description for my artwork as my final goodbye. Uh, action. Using the reference as inspiration, we'd like you to design a soldier who is similar mix of flesh and ethereum, a magical metal found only on Esper. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Thank you to the Academy and all the magic players out there. And, uh, you know, well, I'm excited to see what artifacts, uh, and, uh, other cards have for the future. Thank you so much, Alex, and thank you so much to Esper Sentinel. Congratulations on uh, the second uh, trophy brought home in Pongo. This is, you know, there were a couple, there's at least one other uh, nominee on here that could have won this, right? Like, this is this was a hot category. On, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, um, I'm also not surprised. I feel like Esper Sentinel is is the Titanic or the Gone with the Wind uh, of, of Magic cards. <laughs> um, you know, maybe those references are a little too obscure for some people. But um, but yeah, I, I don't mean, know what the most recent Oscar like ones that have, like, like sweeper the opera. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of any. Um, yeah, Esper Sentinel is an incredibly powerful card. I think that. Again, we kind of run into this issue where some of those other cards, you know, while in their own places might even be more powerful than Esper Sentinel, um, they are not as universally playable as as Esper Sentinel is. Right. Um, and and as such, that's I think just going to drastically work in Esper Sentinel's favor because you know when you've got people voting for the card, well, it really helps that most of those people will have actually played with the card. Um, and, and probably played with it in multiple decks. Yeah. Cobble your thoughts. I, I agree. I mean, we've talked a I, lot about Esper Sentinel so far. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised one iota had Cody won just because of the success that that deck has seen in the past mm -hmm. six months. But again, that's one context you don't see cody as part of the 99 or 98 in any other deck and 
it's, you know, it, it does its thing. It does it really, really well. And that's kind of it. Whereas Esper Sentinel is just so versatile and so universally applicable that I think this is the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next, moving away from the artificers now onto the magicians, the wizards, uh, and the spells that they cast. The next category is best new instant card. And presenting that for us today is going to be host of the Budget Magic Cast, Scott Cullen. Hello and welcome to the CEDH Awards. Not an award show that tells you that they're playing mid, but the awards for the very best in Singleton Magic. I'm Scott and I'm the host of the BM Cast and writer for Card Kingdom. And I'm here today to present the award for best new instant card. The nominees are... Alchemist's Retrieval, Mystic Reflection, Resculpt, and Suspend. And the winner is Resculpt. Though I'm afraid we're a little short on time, so there won't be time for an acceptance speech, but we'll be back after these short messages. Thank you so much, Scott. And uh, Resculpt, uh, Cobblepot is a card this was a category that had a few cards you really could have gone either way and i know for us from the voting perspective didn't feel very strongly about a, what the best new instant is this year and ultimately we fell on resculpt and what's your kind of take on that i feel like it you know that each one of these is is it is good um I don't feel like any of them have, you know, have been a revolution in what, you know, how interaction works in, in CEDH. Uh, I've, I've seen each of these cards used in some, some capacity here and there, but none of them have overtaken the, you know, the, the metagame the way that some of the other cards have appeared on here a couple of times already have. So uh, I think the, the thing that really gets it for, for resculpt is that it's an exile effect and that it's got the flexibility to be able to not only hit creatures, but also hit artifacts. So um, I am a big fan of alchemists retrieval just because of being able to, to, to bounce opponents, things at the, "Quote unquote standard rate, but also being able to bounce your own things for cheaper uh, winds up being very, very useful. But I don't see any problem with this going to resculpt as well. Yeah, Pongo. Um, you know, this is this is a card we talked about in our in our set review. The Alchemist Retrieval really is the you know this sets Dockside Doubler right. And uh, you know what does that say about the meta that it got enough? Uh, nominations to get this high up, right? As right. as a as basically a dockside doubler. Well, I mean, there's what it says about the meta game, right? Which is that we value dockside doublers. But there's also just, I think, to Cobble's point, what it says about the options um, in terms of like CEDH playable instants that were printed this year. Uh, it, it seems like you know the field was not incredibly compelling. Um, I think all of these cards that we ended up seeing feel in many respects, you know, kind of just like marginal upgrades in places. 
which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we we take them where we can get them, uh, and we're happy to play them. But at the same time, they're not the type of cards that when we see, we're being we're you know incredibly excited. We're just like, okay, well, you know, that's a small upgrade for you know card X in my deck. Um, right. But I'm I'm not running out to to brew a brand new deck because of this, or or you know, I'm not uh, deeply inspired by this new card. Right. Next category is the best new sorcery card and presenting this category for us will be Dan, otherwise known as moderately anonymous MTG. Hello, everyone. My name is Dan, a.k.a. moderately anonymous MTG. I am here to announce your winner for the 2021 CDH Awards for the best sorcery. The nominees are Culling Ritual, Dam, Profane Tutor, and Step Through. And your winner for the 2021 Best Sorcery is Culling Ritual. Thank you so much, Dan. And really, Pongo, when we look at this category, are we surprised at all that uh, Culling Ritual picked up its second win of the night? Um... Not especially. I think that uh, a lot of the other options, again, you know, are while they are powerful cards in their own right, um, don't necessarily have that same game-winning threat potential that Culling Ritual has. And I just think that as soon as a card, you know, says, answer me uh, when I put this on the stack, that's a card that, um, you know, will immediately turn heads in a game, but also while evaluating the card. Yeah, Cobble, your take on this. Very similar. I mean, each of the other contenders are are cards that that see play, but the either it's play that's very niche, like uh, you know, Profane Tutor really only seeing play in in Cody and maybe some Cascade strategies. Uh and you know, Dam seeing a little bit of play here and there, step through seeing a play in wizard decks. Um, Culling Ritual is just, it it does so much more than any of the other options. It, I think, is the clear winner here, and mm-hmm. there's not much more to say. Yeah. Well, looking to move down, not just from spells that you can cast, but some permanent spells that you can cast is the best new enchantment card. And presenting this is Spleenface of Into the North. Hey everyone, it's Spleenface, and I'm here to present for the category of best new enchantment. The nominees are... Dress Down. This sneaky flash enchantment is perfect for blanking thoracles, or you can flash it in in the end step to disable your opponent's hate bears on your winning turn, and it draws a card to boot. Next up, we have Paladin Class. Time this one well to prevent your opponents from interacting, or jam it early and force them to hold up extra mana all game. In a pinch, you can also put in serious work during a board stall. Third, we have Sanctum Weaver. A hot new entry to the big mana dorks category, this is the first two mana dork that can make multiples of a color that isn't green, and in the right deck can do an excellent Gilded Lotus impression, or combo with Freed from the Real and Pemanzora. And last, but certainly not least, we have Urza's Saga. This enchantment land combo gets you a Jeweled Lotus, Soul Ring, or Mana Vault on turn 3, and in a long game is an instant board presence button. 
And the winner is... Urza's Saga. It takes a lot for a colorless land to make the cut in 3 plus color decks, especially when it goes away, and Urza's Saga certainly brings the goods. With the potential explosive turn 3s, the Karnstruck beatdown, and the flexibility of getting tech options like Grafdigger's Cage, Pithing Needle, Skull Clamp, or Sensei's Divining Top, it's safe to say we'll be seeing this versatile card making an appearance in meta decks for a long time. Thank you so much, Spleenface, and that's the second win for Urza's Saga Cobblepot, and for it to be a land and also win the enchantment uh, award really just goes so far in showing how good this card really is. Most definitely. Um, to be honest, I I would have leaned more towards Dress Down for this category just because it's, uh, you know, just an enchantment and mm. uh, more focused. But, uh, you know, an enchantment is an enchantment. Uh, Paladin class has been seeing lots of play in, in stacks lists. Sanctum Weaver is kind of a, you know, a better bloom tender or a worse bloom tender, depending on the deck. Uh, but I, I think that between Dress Down and Urza Saga, the power level is, is high for both. And I, I think Urza Saga's just got that ubiquity where it's just seeing so much play and it's so versatile that that's the, the thing that pushed it through. Pongo, do you think this is a dress down snub? I, I'm right there with Cobble. I think that this is a dress down snub, um, which is not to say that Urza Saga is not a strong card, as I articulated before. But um, it's funny because I play a wide variety of decks and almost none of them play Urza Saga. And I think that's coincidental. Um, you know, I could be playing a totally like another set of decks and, and Urza Saga would be in those decks and it would be great. Um, but Dress Down is kind of one of those cards where in a lot of decks it feels like oh this is such a good card and this is like kind of like what we've needed for a little while you know all of those sort of faster decks that are looking to turn off a bunch of hate bears a board of hate bears um on the end step like cobble alluded to um or or, or rather like spleen alluded to um yeah I, I think that in terms of the sort of maybe ubiquity Perhaps dress, uh, excuse me. Perhaps Urza's Saga has it, um, but in terms of for me, the card that I'm most excited to play, uh, it's it's Dress Down. Um, but again, that's just me. I would Absolutely. wonder a year from now if mm -hmm. if Out of Time would make this list because it, I, I've seen it. It definitely got uh, some nominations, but these were the the four that that really went straight to the top uh, of the nomination lists. Right. I was just um, wondering if people will will warm to that card more as time goes on when they realize just how potent out of time is and uh, how versatile it can be for uh, controlling the board or being able to uh, create different types of dynamics depending on you know what your archetype is it's mm -hmm. extremely powerful and I, I think a lot of people haven't quite woken up to it yet yeah i think for a while we have definitely uh just kind of put it into the oh that's the aminatu card and just kind of put it into that corner 
and uh, it definitely has more outside of just Aminatu. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I I feel that too. I wonder if uh, there's some, you know, some some innovation that needs to be done uh, before that. You know, people maybe uh, take another look at that card. Uh, it, yeah. It's certainly powerful, as you highlighted, Cobble, and and you're right that uh, when a card is that powerful and kind of that unique, it kind of does make you wonder, you know, are we sleeping on it to some extent? Right. Especially for, for decks that rely either on their commanders or on key creatures, the phasing them out just is, is such a powerful effect because a lot of, you know, if you don't have removal in hand, then there's, there's really nothing you can do to be able to get your creature back you know, until you find something to get that enchantment off of the table. Yeah, and the more creatures there are, the longer it's around. Yep. Next category uh, here in our show is Best New Planeswalker. And presenting this category is, again, Sage of Fables. Welcome back. Now, I've got to say, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Best Planeswalker from this year in CDH, because I have been simping Tibble Cosmic Imposter all damn year. And you know what? It's about damn time that we play more Planeswalkers in CDH. But with that, let's look at our nominees for this year for Best Planeswalker. We have, of course, my precious baby, Tibble Cosmic Imposter, Kazmina Enigma Sage. It's Enigma for why anyone voted for you. Grist the Hunger Tide, very cool, very respectable, and of course, resident bad bitch Professor Onyx. And with that, our winner this year is Grist. Grist? Really? I mean, okay. Congrats. I can't say. I'm not disappointed, but here we are. Thank you so much, Sage, and I'm sorry to disappoint you, but Grist did take home this winner among our uh, our voting, the 12 of us. Grist was the one that ended up taking it home, and Pongo, what do you think ultimately led to Grist being the planeswalker that kind of uh, rose to the top? It's tutorable removal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it, it does something that we want, and it does so in a way... Um, that a lot of green decks uh, can can have sort of easy access to. Um, in particular, sort of the deck that I can think of that, you know, might still play it. I'm not 100% sure if they've cut it, but I would expect them to still be on it. You know, the Gitrog monster, um, you know, incidentally milling things, whatever. But, you know, more importantly, you have all your creature tutors that can find it. Um, and so you can use a creature tutor to find a piece of creature removal. And, uh, you know, you have that on a three drop. I think that these are all big pluses for a Planeswalker. I know that you have been a big advocate for Kazmina Enigma Sage, or as I called it during our set review, uh, Enema Sage. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I was an advocate of you calling it that. <laughs> I, I was an advocate of Watsy calling it that. <laughs> uh, when we look at this list, you know, uh, what are what are your kind of feelings on that? Because I know that you have been really uh, preaching the the uh, the greatness of Kazmina for much of this year. 
So I feel like, for me personally, I think Kazmina is the the strongest of the four that's here um, for many use cases. But it you know really is going to shine most in a planeswalker list where you're running multiple planeswalkers just because of being able to eke out the value of mm-hmm. either you know proliferation or or whatever to be able to use each of the the planeswalkers to tutor out spells and cast them for free that said i think that tybalt might have gotten there had the rules for multi-faced cards not been changed the way it was Mm -hmm. and uh, because a lot of people were really leaning into that interaction where you could search it up and you know cast or you know cascade with a three cmc card and then be able to cast this seven cmc planeswalker for free and then just start running away yeah um yeah in it was positioned, I think, probably to be the best one by a long shot. Um, but with the the rules change, it it was a huge setback, and I it sees very little play. And it's kind and, of relegated to just being a commander, right? I mean, really, none of these four planeswalkers see very much play, right? So they, you know, that it's 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 not like there's a whole lot of data to draw from. I don't think I've ever seen Grist in a game ever. Um, I've seen Professor Onyx once and I've seen Kazmina played a couple of times because I was the one playing <laughs> right. Kazmina. <Right>. So <laughs> I've, I've played against the Thrasios Tevish uh, peer list that, that plays it. Um, it it's very strong. Um, but I mean, it's you're, you're actively deciding to play Thrasios Tevish and, there you could question whether or not that's a good strategy to be on or not, but uh, it's very good in that list, but I would agree. They're just, we didn't have a ton of very compelling planeswalkers this year. Agreed. Yeah. Can't, they can't all be Oko. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. They can't and, be... and that's it. We didn't get commander legends. So maybe, yeah. maybe this year we'll, we'll uh, see some new, Commander Planeswalkers that will knock our socks off. Hopefully. Right. Well, up next is the best new land or land cycle category. And presenting for us is uh, SCG Tour uh, frequent flyer and Magic the Gathering pro Brian Koval. What's up, CDH Awards? Bosch and Roll here to present the 2021 Best New Land Award. The nominees are... The pain-free, untapped, color-fixing of the Kaldheim Pathway Cycle. The here-for-a-good-time-not-a-long-time Mana Exploder Treasure Vault. The army-in-a-can-with-a-combo-finish Urza Saga. And bringing us one step closer to that blue board we're all waiting for, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth. And now, the winner is... Urza Saga! This card is a design masterpiece, inspiring new decks, supercharging old ones, and inspiring us to rethink what threats and answers look like in every format that it's legal. Congrats to Urza Saga, 
May our constructs be thick and your lotuses be jeweled. See you next year. Thank you so much, Brian. And that makes it the third win, third time Urza Saga has won today. Now, uh, you know, I know Pongo, we, our last uh, time that we talked about Urza Saga, we felt that it might have gotten over dressed down might have been unnecessary or shouldn't have won that category. What do you think on this one? Do you think we got it right on this one? I mean, I, I think that there's a lot less competition in this category. Um, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, we, we've got some additional fixing, but, you know, mana bases are generally pretty good uh, already. So I think while a little bit of additional fixing is appreciated, it's not uh, a major get. For most of the format and these lines in particular kind of only really fit well into two color decks as far as i'm concerned um treasure vault again very niche kind of card uh sees play maybe in a couple of decks um and then you know we're we're moving along and i think when you start to look at urza saga you begin to realize okay well this, not only is this an appropriate power level um where it stands up to all these other options I think it surpasses them by a pretty good margin. Yeah. Uh, and additionally, it's seeing play in more decks. Um, you know, those two things go hand in hand. But but I think that, you know, what, regardless of whether or not a card like Treasure Vault is a bigger get for a deck like Kinnon and is, you know, more powerful in that deck than, in my opinion, Urza's Saga may be in a lot of the decks that it's seeing play in. Um Urza Saga is on the whole a bigger get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cobble. I know he he talked about uh, Brian did on this is a design masterpiece, and it really is Hot just take. a in my what'd you say? Hot take. I I think it's a a really well designed card. Uh, just in general, I think the fact that it goes away makes it a lot better than. Uh, where a land like this could have been maybe like four years ago. Um, I like the pun. Yeah, I, I definitely like the pun as well. But um, I mean, if this card is gonna, you know, be so audacious to, you know, win categories of, you know, enchantment and, you and know, lands. colorless, you yeah, know, and colorless. Yeah. that normally go to, you know, cards that, that are of that type um i'd be amazed that <laughs> if it didn't win land as well right uh, yeah especially you know given the competition uh yavamaya i think has some untapped potential it's it's being mm -hmm. used in some places to great effect uh that where forests are cared about being able to untap forests or bounce forests or double forests um but again that's that's only a handful of decks, same thing as as Treasure Vault. So, yep, yep, there you go. Or as a saga, you get another one, and that puts it as the 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 most the uh, winningest winningest is that what is the right word? The winningest card so. so far on our list. And and now I get and, to call uh, that's it, it for the. I get to call said? it a design mistake of Titanic proportions. <laughs> right. I think it's way overpowered. Well, that's it for the new cards. Moving on to our last four categories. And our first category is best reprint. 
of 2021 and presenting that for us is going to be Brian from Playing With Power. Hello, my name is Ryan from Playing With Power MTG and we're going to be talking about the best reprints for CEDH in 2021. The first runner-up is Force of Negation. It is a Modern Horizon 1 time shift and it is played in basically all formats where it's legal, CDH being no exception. Part of the free interaction suite that you would put in basically any deck with blue, this card kept climbing in price more and more and more. Putting it in the Modern Horizons 1 time shifts allowed you to have a more accessibility to the card as well as providing, since it had the old border, a lot of really cool bling factor for your deck. Our second runner-up is Demonic Tutor. This card was printed into the Strixhaven Mystical Archive. There's basically never a time when we don't want this card printed. Arguably the best tutor in the entire game of Magic. We absolutely love to see this card in CEDH. Now, it also really helped to have an extra bling factor because of the new alternate arts and showcase frames from the Mystical Archive. Plus, the Japanese alternate art is a wonder to behold. Our final runner-up is Tainted Pact. This card was also printed into the Strixhaven Mystical Archives. This is part of the quintessential A plus B empty library combo we see so ubiquitous in CEDH. You cast Demonic Consultation and or Tainted Pact, and then you empty your library, then cast something like Thassa's Oracle, Laboratory Maniac, or Jace Wielder of Mysteries to help win the game quickly. This card was a bulk rare when it was printed originally and did not see a huge increase in price until the A plus B empty library combo became so popular. This card hasn't been reprinted ever and also hasn't been printed in over 20 years. This card saw a massive increase in price as such and seeing it printed finally again really helps increase the accessibility and helps everybody be able to now use this combo. Finally, the winner of the best CEDH reprints for 2021 was the Zendikar Fetchlands. There's really not much to say about these other than they're fantastic lands that is played in every single format where it's legal in. They are absolutely required for multicolored decks to function properly. These cards were so popular that they started to really climb in price. Their availability just wasn't enough to satisfy the market's need. And Finally getting them reprinted in Modern Horizons 2 and at rarity level, not in some special set or some limited reprint run or anything like that. They were printed and printed into the ground, which was a great thing and allowed people to finally access these cards at semi-reasonable prices. We saw things like Scalding Tarn climbing up to the $100 range for a fetch land and finally getting these it makes these cards the best reprints for 2021. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Ryan. And really, the Zendikar Fetchlands, this was an interesting category where we had a card uh, that two two of these cards were, were printed in Modern Horizons, and two of them were printed in Strixhaven in special slots. So, you know, Cobble, when we look at this category, the Zendikar Fetchlands are probably one of the most, like, important pieces of playing CEDH really that you can have access to. Right. And and that's not to diminish the the prominence of any of the other three choices because all three of them are just phenomenal cards. Um Zendikar that I any fetch land is is going to be crucial to most decks being able to run in an efficient way. 
especially if you're you're gonna be three plus colors, which many decks want to be. Um, Najila, I think, probably would play better with fetch lands rather than without. <laughs> so, um, it's it's just such a core need for almost any deck that I I don't think that any other reprint could be, you know, short of, I I mean, I think that the, the fetch lands are more important than the, the duels themselves, um, Mm -hmm. just to be able to go in and, and get whatever it is that you're missing. So, um, getting them is, is the key to having the, the mana that you need when you need it. And that's, you know, you can't say more than that. Um, you know, having demonic tutor is 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 great because you know you can have the card that you need, but it's like a one shot. Whereas the fetch lands are, you know, they just are the the kind of the the backbone of your your deck being able to operate. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one of the things that I was actually very surprised about that I didn't know um, was I didn't realize that it had been twenty years since Teen Impact had been reprinted. That is wild to me. Yeah, um, yep. I pulled it out of a pack <laughs> 20 poor years you, ago. Yeah. <laughs> back, in, <laughs> back when it was the bulk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pongo, any, any thoughts here on uh, this category? I mean, put simply, it is hard for me to imagine a year where Fetchlands get reprinted and I don't vote for them as the best reprint <laughs> of the year. Um, right. Cobble, you're 100% right saying that uh, they're arguably, but like actually more important than the original duels. Every fetch land alongside chalk lands at minimum is a five color land mm-hmm. or, or has the potential to be a five color land, um, which makes them just on their own along with fetchable dual lands um, better fixing than the original dual lands um so so yeah like a hundred percent you know i think that if you want to have a consistent mana base and high colors you need the fetch lands um and why are they such an important reprint well it's because every format that can play fetch lands plays fetch lands and as such they will always be expensive for us to acquire here in, in the cdh sphere as well um things like demonic tutor don't see much play or really any play at all in other formats. They're not legal in They're not legal in other formats, you know, except you can play one in vintage, um, which nobody really plays in paper. So that is a card that when it gets reprinted, you know, it, it can sustain a high price because yes, people want them, want it for all their EDH decks, but it's never going to have the potential, the price potential of a card like, you know, all the fetch lands, if it's not reprinted in the same amount of time as, as one of the fetch lands. Yeah. And in my opinion will always be that every modern horizon set or set like it, which I believe the next one would be the Lord of the Rings set that comes out in 2023 should have, uh, either cycle of fetch lands in them, in my opinion, from now moving forward in perpetuity. Um, that is how I feel about it because they're just so essential to playing. I mean, just modern alone Yeah, that I can't imagine making a modern, a set designed for modern and not putting them in that set. 
Um, or that's yeah. having um, command tower errated to say you may have any number of command towers in your deck <laughs> because <laughs> that wouldn't impact modern no it wouldn't impact they, modern they called, at all. they called Cobble a mad scientist but they didn't realize just <laughs> how insane he actually was <laughs> oh goodness well now we are in to what'd you say that would not be healthy for the format <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, now we're moving into the deck and commander territory. So up first, we're going to have the most improved deck of the year award. And presenting that uh, for us this year is Ken Bauman, famously of the Secret Life of an American Teenager. But of course, also from Stacked EDH <laughs> is our good friend Ken. Ken, take it away. Hey, I'm Ken from Stacked EDH, and I'm honored to present this year's award for Most Improved Deck. And the nominees are Cody Turbonaz, Clark Sakashima Clones, Tassiger Control, and Winota Stacks. All right. And the winner is... Uh, okay, cut. I'm gonna take this call. Um, hello? Oh, oh, uh, hi, Sheldon. Yeah, how are you? Okay, yeah. Oh, great, great. Um, so, uh, what can I? Wait a minute. How how did you know I was filming this? Oh, yeah. I mean, Josh is a Hollywood insider. You're right. <laughs> um, so, uh, what can I uh, help you with? Oh. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. I, I would love to know what you think of. Kirk as a commander. I mean, you, you know, that that's, it's like my, my beautiful meatball child. So <laughs> a whole video. Okay. No, no, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm amazed. That's, that's great. No, I, I would love to, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Now, like, do, like, do you mean now, now, or? Okay, yeah. No, 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 that's, no, that's good. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the video now. Yep. Okay, okay. I, I will. Uh, take, take care. Yep, great hearing from you, Sheldon Minery. Okay. Fine. Okay. Check my email. 
Oh my god, there it is. Dreaming? And without doubt. That was yep. the best thing I've seen in, in a wow. long time. That was spectacular. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much, wow. Ken. And uh, congratulations to Crook Sakashima clones for winning most approved deck of the year. And, uh, oh, man. So where to begin? Uh, so Pongo, I believe... Uh, just Kark got so much help this year, right? I, I think we talked about this uh, before where, you know, at the beginning of or right about when it came out, when we were talking about it, we were like, this is kind of a neat, cool idea, but it's not going to really amount to anything substantial. Like it will never really rise above really just kind of being cute. And this past year, it got a major shot in the arm and just constantly just spell after spell after spell after spell. Um, you know, really what is your take on Clark? Was there any chance for anything else to win? I mean, as you already know, or as you know, playing with me, <laughs> I, I am already a Clark player, Clark Sakashima player. And, you know, I, I've even been, even been dabbling in the, the Clark Thrasios realm um yes quark has gotten a lot of tools recently i think winota was kind of just born um you know it didn't really <laughs> it didn't really get improved it kind of was just the immaculate conception of winota um so i think as good as winota is you can kind of um you know you you you, you kind of can perhaps put it a little bit on the back burner in favor of the of the deck that that seemingly actually improved um, and, and really got sort of brought to the forefront of, of the format and of people's minds. Um, the only other thing I would add is that if I wasn't already a Quark player, after having seen that video, I would 100% <laughs> be running out and picking up all the cards to play this deck. <laughs> oh, man. Cobble, I know you've been doing a lot of brewing recently around Quark and, you know, What's your takeaway, uh, especially, you know, we as a voting group really felt that Kark in Sakashima was the most improved deck of the year. 
Right. It got to the point where I, I think when we started doing set reviews, we just had a category for Kark. <laughs> the new where, card. You know, cards that otherwise wouldn't have been part of the discussion. We we were like, oh, and by the way, yeah, here here we go. Tavern Scoundrel. That's amazing in Kark and terrible Adam, everywhere else. Yeah, add it yeah. to the right. list. Right. And I mean, like, I'm just like going down the list here and it's like, well, um, conspiracy theorist, uh, harmonic <laughs> prodigy, tavern scoundrel, Burgi, um, Vayron, mm-hmm. uh, Archmage Emeritus, Stormkiln Artist. Yep. I mean, yeah. like on and on and on, just everything. At, it's just gotten all of the tools and it was it was kind of a wobbly deck. Yeah. Before before this year. And, you know, it, it it had kind of, you know, mixed success. And with all the absolutely jacked support that it's gotten, um the I Karkashima and other Kark variants are just I think they're they're really experiencing um a renaissance and it's really really cool to to see the things that people are doing uh, because really just about just about every color combination I think is being explored with Kark that you can and every one of those color combinations has really interesting things going on mm-hmm. so yeah. it's it's a really really interesting area to to like to study and to try new things and it's successful. It's yep. absolutely it I hate to use the word viable, but it's it's a can you know, it's in contention wherever wherever it's played. I mean it's, we oh see yeah, it well beyond con- viable. Consistent it's made how many top fours this year? Like yep. several. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, I've played it on the stream to to great success. Uh, I know um Morgan aka Spleenface, has also played it on Team Turn 3 to to good success as well. Um, You know, ultimately, I think the other decks that were nominated, um, you know, there's Cody, right? Cody kind of became a deck in 2021. Um, Winota, I think, was kind of the other deck that really took people by surprise, as I mentioned it before this year. Um, And if you're looking just by the numbers in terms of performance in events uh winota was again a, a really really strong contender i think that ultimately it, it was hard for me to vote for winota simply because again like i said it before winota was printed in in Ikoria. um and to this day you know even though that that deck did get new tools this year it really feels like you're playing winota you're playing that deck because of how absurd her text is, and then kind of like everything else is sort of secondary to that. Um, whereas Quark Sakashima, that that deck got it all this year. You know what I mean? Um, right. It's just incredible. It it really was, and and like into Cobble's point, we really really every set review we had a a mm-hmm. card that we were like, this is a Quark card, and it got played in Quark and every set. Um, it, I've, I've never seen a deck get so much support in one year right. this much, right? Oh, like yeah. where every card was just like a banger. Like it's unreal. I, yeah. 
I got to ask, um, did you know the results before you assigned the different categories to the presenters? So um, I sent out the, the, the sh- a sign-up sheet to a mm-hmm. bunch of different people and let them sign up and pick which category they want. And Ken picked this category as his category. Okay. I, if, if I, if I'm have... correct, Ryan had originally picked it and okay. the two of them coordinated so that Ken could present it. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So, and it, it absolutely worked out. It was, it was very great job, Ken. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, great, deck. great deck. Great video. We, we love Ken. That was a great video. We've got two more categories for you. Before we give you the best deck of the year, we have to give you the best commander or commander pair. So who better than the famous AI herself? I'm going to toss it over to Rebel. I'm so glad these award shows are over. I can take off this stupid dress right now. Wait, wait, what? There's another bit? Wait, what do you mean there's another award show and I'm part of it? Where's my agent? Wait, that's Jeggy. Jeggy's my agent and he formed a union. Okay, I guess there's one more, one more final award show to present. Hello, everyone. It is time for the best commander or commander pair of 2021. We're going to finish it off with the best one, the best commander ever of the year. And our first nominee is Cody Vociferous Codex. You didn't expect that, did you? Yes, you did. Of course, Cody has to be best commander or commander pair of the year, right? It's such a fast and streamlined turbo deck. Everyone else has talked about it. So have I. So we're going to move on to the second nominee for best commander or commander pair. And it's Najila the Blade Blossom. Even though she flies solo, she's basically like paired with bajillion tokens because she always come with tokens. Najila, a really strong deck for many years since she's been released. This five color deck can play so well with tempo can play all the combos and also has a combo of her own with Derevi and Nature's Will and all those other things that I probably can't even think of right now. Such a strong deck. And that's our second nominee. Then afterwards we have Thrasios and Timna. First partner pair for the category. And a pretty ancient pair by now in CDH times. Flash has only been banned for like a year and a half maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think a year and a half. But still, Thrasios and Timna, maybe not so medium anymore, maybe pretty strong with our with our new meta for 2021. Thrasios and Timna still having two really good ways to grind, with Timna letting us draw cards off combat, Thrasios letting us lean back, and Thrasios Passios and draw cards, and we have access to basically all the combos here. So Timna Thrasios TNT is our third nominee. And our final nominee is Timna and Krom. Of course, of course, it's Blue Farm. It's Blue Farm. That's it, right? It has to be Blue Farm. That has to be our best commander pair of the year because Blue Farm supposedly is the best deck because you have two ways to grind value just like Timna Thrasios, except Krom draws off of uh, triggers of whenever opponent plays two cards and also Krom beats. Krombat is pretty serious. Where TNT gains green, TNK has red, the super powerful red where you have access to Dockside, Jessica's Will, Underworld Breach, just everything you want. So, 
with our four nominees who is gonna be the best commander or commander pair of 2021 who's gonna close it out for the event let's see i've got the best commander commander pair in this envelope in jeggy's hands now jeggy just do it one more time for me buddy okay just just hand just hand over the the, the goddamn envelope please Thank you. And the award for best commander or commander pair goes to. It is Timna Thrasios. It is Th Timna Thrasios TNT. Good old classic TNT. Can't beat it. The votes are in. TNT is confirmed. Undeniable best commander or commander pair of 2021. Cody. Is fast, but false to interaction. I'm sure someone's gonna get angry about this. Najila is like I don't even know why Najila lost, but but Najila didn't win. <laughs> and then Blue Farm, mm, poor poor Blue Farm, can't even win a tournament and can't even win this award show. <laughs> but there you have it, TNT. If you haven't been playing Tim Nathrasios, maybe it's time to play it for 2022. Yep, yep. So that's the show. I am Rebel AI with Jeggy, and uh, back to you, whoever is going to close close this video. Don't forget to subscribe to me and maybe Mind Sculptors. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. The, <laughs> the blue farm can't win a tournament. Can't win a tournament. win this award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, things got real. <laughs> I I, I right. liked and I liked Rebel like under her breath, like talking about Najila. Like, wait, why didn't why didn't it win? <laughs> 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 oh man, thank you so much, Rebel. That was great. Um, and so Cobblepot, this is you know Thrasios Timna. It's been we talked about this on the podcast last week, Pogo. It's a tale as old as six years ago. And, um, you know, tale it's all this time. Yeah, it feels like it. Um, but really take us through this. When we came down and voted, I know that it it really ended up coming down to Thrasios Timna for most of us here at the Mind Sculptors. Yeah, I this isn't an exciting win for me because <laughs> it's like, OK, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I could have seen it easily go to, to really any of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I feel, I feel like Cody had the, the real coming out experience this year where it didn't exist like at all. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was just winning everywhere and people couldn't deal with it. And it was so fast and so strong, and so consistent. Um, I kind of. I mean, that's what I voted for. I, I would have thought that that kind of captured the, 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 the commander that was like highlighted by this year. Mm -hmm. um, Thrasios and Timna, I mean, they're always going to be good. Timna Krom, always going to be good. Najila, always going to be good. And uh, 
I guess it's just kind of, well, all right. It's, it's, it's like the, you know, the Yankees winning you know, or something like that. It's just yeah. like, all right. Okay. The Patriots um, winning another Super Bowl. You're like, all right, okay. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, I mean, I think Rebel did a great job and, you know, I think appropriate shots were fired. And <laughs> I think that I, I, I look forward to, to next year where we can maybe find a, a new commander or commander pair that will unseat these, uh, really well-established pairings that and are just generically good for any archetype. And it's very interesting that it, it, it is important to note that at least three of the 12 who were voting are very entrenched cats players. So right. to give right. you any, any context into at least a third or a fourth of the voting right. group, there's some, some very deep rooted uh, cats players there. So and Raza Katz is is mainly Thrasios Timna yeah, is the, the right. most common color pairing. I, I think that's where um you know my opinion sort of diverges from yours a little bit, Cobblepot, where I think the only deck I would have been surprised to see win this would have been Cody. Uh and that has nothing to do with the power level of any of these decks. It has everything to do with what I know about the biases of the people who are voting. <laughs> for for the these awards yeah um so i think that you know you mentioning cody on the one hand you know you you're coming at that i think from a rational perspective and i think that makes sense and i'm not here to dispute that but thinking about the committee um i'm really not surprised <laughs> to see thrasios and tim to win and but i also disagree with it um you know I, I i i disagree with it um but that's okay um i think that all these decks could have conceivably won i just the only one Did that you I vote for <gasps> najila well i think rebel said it best you know <laughs> wait do you well, do, do you want win? to yeah. i will i will i will tell you what the voting split was I won't tell you who voted for what you can probably parse that out but um, here is how it went. There was one vote for Cody. Um, so Cobble already outed himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were five votes for Najila, and there were six votes for Thrasios and Timna. I should have voted was- for Najila. <laughs> no, of course I voted for Najila. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and and I actually think that based on what you're telling me, that means that there was shockingly few votes for Tim Necrom and that's like uh surprising to me. There were as no well. votes for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Zero votes. Oh, okay. Wow. I there I was yeah, there's like twelve two. of us voting. Right. Okay. For some reason I thought there was a couple of extra votes. So it having no votes, you know what I mean? Like that is astounding to me. Um but again, it just goes to show that uh, bias. There's there's bias everywhere, right? And th- but that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we like what we like, and there's no clear answers. You know, this is just the opinions. The opinions of twelve, of the 12 people. people here, exactly. Um, and this is kind of you know our honors that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, moving on to the main event, the very final, the best picture, not you you might say of the year, the final category of best deck and the nominees are as it was said at the top of the show cody turbo Nas, najila tempo razakats and winota stacks 
to present this award, I'm going to toss it over to my good friend, Nathan Jones, otherwise known as the Hermit Druid. Hello, and welcome to the Best Tech of the Year Award, presented to you by the Mind Sculptors. My name is Nathan Jones, otherwise known as the Hermit Druid, and I have with me today my uh, faithful companion, Miha. So everybody say hello. And she's going to help me present the Best Deck of the Year Award. She went and fetched me the number one card that was played in CDH, the most powerful card that was played in CDH, and will highlight the best deck of the year. And right here, are we ready to read it off? Okay, and the award goes to Mobu Loyal Com... Did you sneak that on? You sneak that? Did you sneak that? The winner is Najila. So there you have it, folks. Najila Tempo uh, winning the Best Deck of the Year award. Uh, Pongo, as the, uh, the, do you have any any words you would like to say on behalf of the Najila community? I would just like to thank my family. I would like to thank my <laughs> friends. I would like to thank all of the supporters, everyone all along the way got us here no but in all seriousness um i i i think that i i i honestly i'm like i'm a little surprised um partially because on the one hand there was a lot of great competition in the category but then on the other hand um you know i i feel like najila is a deck that's been around for some time and i guess it's weird because I don't actually, you know, I, I interact with a lot of other Najila pilots all the time, but for whatever reason, I, I rarely see other people play actually playing the deck. Could just mm-hmm. be, you know, when I must should be a you thing. Because yeah. <laughs> here in my local meta, it's freaking everywhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe when I sit at the table, people don't pull out Najila. I don't know. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, I'm super stoked to see that. Um, and you know, I think that this award could easily have just been uh, best dog of the year, um, and and I think that uh, that that would have been perfectly fitting as well, and we would have had a great winner as as well. Um, <laughs> what else is there to say? The, the, <laughs> the difference on this one is is that at least all four did get votes on this mm. one. Um, so there was a vote for Razakats, which is a little bit surprising knowing our voting audience. Um, two votes for Winota Stacks, three for Cody, and then six for Najila. So an overwhelming majority of us uh, definitely seem to think that Najila Tempo is the best deck in the format. Bloody um, favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> Cobble, what are what are what are your opinions here? You know whether or not you agree with this outcome, or you know what are what what are your thoughts here? I think that the results are, you know, substantive. I think that all four of these decks are are great and are I I think all four decks are are decks that have won or at least top fourd multiple uh, uh tournaments in the past year. So I don't think that you know, you could besmirch any of them for for being in the contention mm-hmm. or for for winning uh i think maybe people play less najila just because there there hasn't been a whole lot of innovation maybe in yeah. the past 
in, in the recent in recent memory there there hasn't been anything that's really kind of you know uh shaken up that deck list or you know really changed the game for i think it. like ignoble hierarchy and at like ragavan were when you guys were like oh i mean right it's it's funny you say that because it on the one hand it's true that compared to some of the other decks that were listed in particular like you know winota Quirk. being a new deck uh or like mm-hmm. Quirk that we talked about um earlier or or you know cody basically being a brand new deck this year uh you know i that's true but that being said you know i think this is it, it, when Najila remains sort of in my mind and in my experience sort of one of the established decks that we're still tinkering with so so much uh in the Najila discord like constantly trying out new things um mm-hmm. you know on the one hand You've got acts. You, you you've got all those really powerful cards, and you've kind of got that really consistent Jila game plan. But then, because you are in five colors, um, you get the ability to tailor the deck so much. Um, and because you're not really like beholden to any particular, um, like specific cards, like big combo packages or anything like that, um, you kind of get to experiment with like a lot of different things and and tailor your deck mm-hmm. to your metagame. Um, and you know, even beyond that, like the deck can be built in so many different ways. You know, I, I, I know that Rebels coming out with a video pretty soon that highlights that, um, you know, new direction that I've taken Najila. Um, you know, we've kind of just started experimenting with like Najila, you know, with Winota as the hidden commander and stuff like that. Um, there's still lots of things to do with that deck. Um, I just think that you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, people maybe just feel like. Um, you know, maybe maybe they feel like it, it, there's like it's intimidating to to try to innovate in that space, but you know, mm-hmm. no, nobody should feel that way. Like everyone should, if they're interested in doing something with Najila, should absolutely try it out. Didn't when when Noda was first spoiled, didn't we say, "Hey, Pongo, <laughs> Warriors triggered Winota. What is that a good inclusion? I don't know what your take was. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my ago. head. Um, it's longer than 13 months. It's almost 24 months ago. Friend. Yeah. I, really? <laughs> yeah, that came out in quarter one of 2020. Really? Yep. Wow. If okay. I was, It was like the first wave of the pandemic. Yeah, like, Akoria is like ages ago now. but It's not in wow. standard anymore. Th- thinking back on that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if my take was... I have trouble seeing it in like the standard tempo shell just because of like the weird mm-hmm. um distribution of like humans to like non-humans and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. which is why I and other people have experimented with um you know different different shells to play Winota in Najila, uh where you can actually leverage the card a lot better. Um, you know, surprisingly, Winota is a warrior as well. It's, so it's not just that Najila creates non-human warriors. Right. It's also you've got, for whatever reason, Winota making an extra warrior token as well. Um, so, you know, that's it's just nonsense. One yeah. of the things that I, I think is really, I of all of this, um, that I think speaks volumes of how far we've come is the fact that a Boros deck was very heavily nominated by like the general public as best deck. Like yeah. mm-hmm. 
it, by a lot. It was one of our most nominated deck, decks for this category. And I think that speaks volumes of how far uh, that has come. Because if you'd asked us a year ago, right, mm-hmm. if a two-color Boros deck would make it to best deck consideration, uh, I probably would have laughed at you, right? You know, like there, there was nothing on the radar at that time that even came close, right? And And really... That's almost as as Pongo had alluded to earlier. It's almost entirely because of Winona herself. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not because of additional support specifically in Boros that has materialized over the past twelve months. It's Winona is just so insane mm-hmm. that you know just off of off of her value, you can just make a deck that is nigh unstoppable if you don't know exactly what to do to dismantle it mm-hmm. and that's why we're seeing so many different shells that are that are trying winota in um you know various you know hidden commander kind of aspects as far as you know i i'm using it in in blood nod and people are using it in Najila, and people are using it with uh tana x and you know just having all of these different ways to create or to to just take advantage of the insane amount of advantage that she provides mm-hmm. and yeah i would i can't i can't imagine i can't imagine another boros commander that could come in and unseat her um, yeah it's it's hard to imagine her being printed as a card but you know here we are right. like <laughs> yeah so it's unreal. She carries Boros on her shoulders, you know, like absolutely. Right. You're right, Cobble. Um, Cole helps a little bit. Yes. Cole just kind of. Um, and, you know, he's Cole, a dwarf after all. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, Cole is a good deck as well. And, uh, you know, we, we have gotten really interesting Boros commanders recently. And I think that's certainly something worth highlighting, you know, now that we are celebrating 2021 and looking forward. Um, you know, as far as Winota is concerned, I've played that deck, as you know, Callahan on stream yeah, quite a bit. It's awful. You know, whatever, every, everything, what always happens when I play that deck on stream really highlights exactly how central Winota is to that deck. Because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I always have like Mulligan to turn to Winota, but then there's always a turn one Tyranneth Magistrate, um, <laughs> like every time, or like a Graph Digger's Cage, literally every time. And that deck when you don't have Winota, is so bad. <laughs> it's yeah. just, the deck goes from 100 to, to like 10. Like, in a heart. I, I know this means nothing to you guys, but for my sports fans out there, I think uh, Eric Fritz uh, in particular will really appreciate this reference. Uh, Winota is the Josh Allen of CEDH decks. It's either amazing or terrible, and there's no in-between. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to touch on before we leave is were there any cards that you were surprised didn't get nominated? Mm. And I, I think I'll throw it to Pongo first. That's uh, it's an interesting question. Um, and one that I hadn't necessarily thought about a whole, whole lot. Um, 
Hmm, what cards didn't get nominated that I will say a card that I just to kick it off, mm-hmm. I was genuinely surprised that Solitude did not get nominated at all. Um I think that's especially fair. in the white category. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Solitude, um you know, the issue with Solitude could just be again that it is a white card on the one hand, and two, that it is a white card that wants to be played alongside other white cards. Um mm-hmm. so you have to be pretty committed to playing white decks before you right. you play that card. That being said, we had a whole category for best white card, right? So like yeah. that only excuses it a little bit. Um, Cathar Commando was nominated, and I think that's a great card. Um, but I think that if that card gets nominated, then Solitude could equally have been nominated. Um, I guess a card that I'm a little surprised didn't get nominated... You know, maybe maybe Prosper. I feel like people are really high on Prosper. I think that's really yeah. You know, it's a cool commander. People enjoy playing it. Um, you know, it, it's it's reasonably powerful. That's for sure. It's powerful enough that um, you know you you don't feel totally outclassed bringing it to a CDH table. And I think that's essentially all you need to have at the end of the day um, to have a good time playing this format. Um, so so yeah, I guess sure. Let's say let's say prosper. Um I think we discussed this when we were voting a little bit was I think we it was a little late to the party when we kind of came to the realization, oh, we should probably have best new commander or commander pair um as a category. And by that point it was kind of too late in the game to add that category. Um but certainly next year we will add that category on cobble were there any any cards that you were surprised didn't didn't see a nomination was caldheim this year it was 21 yes okay i'm surprised that, that magda didn't show up anywhere yeah that's a great answer i because magda has really you know kind of changed the way that people approach mono red but has also, um, especially with all of the treasure synergies that you just see absolutely saturating the meta, um, being able to go and, and and put literally any artifact or, you know, dragon, which artifact is the more important one. But hey, you know, some people to, get Niv Mizzet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, putting Niv Mizzet or, you know, old Gnawbone. I've, yeah. I've been having fun putting old Gnawbone directly into play. And then that's hilarious. That's just. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like um, to change my answer. I think Cobble is right, <laughs> but that's that's the that's the only one that to me seems glaring. Um, I I I saw others that were on there where you know like um, Wandering Archaic, it got nominated. Uh, Out of Time got nominated. I think that those are going to be perceived as as better cards as time goes on. Um, mm-hmm. As as people adopt them and 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 warm to them, but I'm surprised that that Magda just didn't get anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't make the cut. Um, I think is what in it because especially when we're cutting to four, um, you know, in the red category, um, you know, there's only four that you can do, and those were the four that got the vast majority of nominations, which is very interesting. Um, 
any 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 final thoughts uh kind of here as we we look at Urza's sweep of the uh <laughs> the awards tonight. Pago, what are your kind of final thoughts? Um I I I feel like 2021 on the one hand was a powerful year for CEDH, but also it wasn't a year that I would say, you know, really rocked the format. Um, sort of mm-hmm. to its foundations or anything like that, which which is nice. You know, I think that there was good cards, there's powerful cards, things that that changed the format certainly um, for the better um, most of the time, um, and and powerful new options. But ultimately, I would say it was a very responsible year in design, at least as far as we were concerned. Um, you know, didn't have the highs of 2020, and you know, uh, many many years before 2020. But uh, we just talked about 2016. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but enough powerful and interesting cards that uh, you know it didn't feel like we got absolutely nothing this year. Yeah, Cobble, what are your kind of closing thoughts for the year? I I think Modern Horizons two was uh, fairly impactful, um, as, as far as you know, adding new tools that had widespread reach throughout the metagame. Um, I, I personally would love it if there was a return to whatever design team that designed Kaladesh, uh, just (laughs) to, I don't, I don't know how many people remember what happened in CEDH when (laughs) Aetherflux Reservoir and Paradox Engine and Dramatic Reversal all came into the metagame like all at the same time and it was it was a a very fun time to tumultuous brewing time, and yeah. it was, right there was all kinds of new wild very powerful things happening because that was you know the first time that isocrine scepter became a thing and you know it was the first time that paradox engine was was there and it, it was Didn't... that kind of shakeup Commander 16 come out like right after Aether Revolt. Um they they were I, really I thought close. it was like I thought they were like real close like within a month of each other. They they were certainly we very check. close to one another. Um I'm struggling to remember if it was like Aether Revolt first or the commander set first. In my brain Aether Revolt was in between, or uh, Commander Sixteen was in between Aether Revolt and Amonkhet's release. Okay. That that could um, I mean, regardless be, but, of how it actually yeah. fell, I mean, I I remember and there was the Hulk gun very... band that year too. Yep. Yeah. So, and we had Paradox Engine that <laughs> floodgate, year, but floodgates were open. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's what I'm getting at. You know, Modern Horizons Two was a very very powerful set, as you mentioned, Cobble, but. You know, as much as those cards, you know, penetrated the format a lot, um, you know, they they feel like powerful options that are fun to play with. But again, you know, you highlighted major, major shifts in the format. And if we look even at like Thassa's Oracle being printed, Underworld Breach being printed in the same set, you know, that feels like mm-hmm. a year where... And Dockside being printed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those those feel like cards that redefine the format. Whereas this year we got a lot of cards that, you know, kind of slotted into decks, you know, wide, you know, 
throughout the format was slotted in many many decks but ended up being powerful tools as opposed to being uh you know cards think that a, changed the game as we know it i think a, i think a good way of like looking at it in that respect is instead of like changing the format and shaking the format up really heavily it flushed out the format sure gave it more character and gave it more depth and i think that's something that i really like uh, about where cedh is now is especially after commander legends and a lot of the stuff that's come out in the past year uh particularly like you said cobble with modern horizons 2 i think cedh is one of the most interesting places to brew and play right now in all of magic and uh i i think you see that with a lot of pro players starting to uh join the cedh ranks uh slowly but surely yeah i have high hopes for for commander legends too i do too i'm really hoping that'll be fun more partners right I, i don't know are they planning to do any reprints from i don't know the first set I don't, we know nothing about it other yeah. than it's set in Baldur's Gate. Um, okay. And they, allu- I, I, it's a draft, uh, a commander draft set. So like, Again, so I, I presume partners. partners will be back. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Cause every, t- I, I, I think the outside of like Thassa's Oracle and Underworld Breach getting printed, I think that like Commander Legends was probably the closest to, shaking up the format that we have come in the last few years since 2016, honestly, because I mean, that really just redefined what a lot of decks and made a lot of decks, uh, kind of come to fruition. But, um, that is about it for us from out of time. We are out of time. (laughs) Um, Thank you all to everybody who presented. Um, We greatly appreciate it. It was a pleasure to get to work with all of you and uh, coordinating. This was really fun and getting to work with everybody and seeing everybody's videos behind the scenes to put make put this together. Uh, This was a great experience and I'm glad we got to do this. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you want to follow the Mind Sculptors on Twitter, you can go to at Sculpty Boys or you can just go to the link tree in the description below and find a direct link. Uh, you can also find direct links to all of our individual Twitters as well as our Mox field. So if you want to follow us there, see what we're brewing, things like that, that's a great place to go. Also want to give an extra shout out and special thanks to a few of our top tier patrons, Justin, Michael Levine, excuse me, Dr. Michael Levine, um, <laughs> CZ, Dionichis. James Holly, Jason Bialik, Matt Boehner, and Senior Coupon. If you too would like to become a patron and support uh, content like this, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sculptors or check out the link in the description. Thank you again for joining us and from all of us here at the Mind Sculptors. I'm Callahan, and we'll see you next time. I'm in line with the stars, I'm in sync with the earth. Ten toes deep, flower child from the turf. I never switch sides, like even when I die, I'm a ride for the squad. Let our ties in the hearse. I've been on a vibe kind of hard to describe. I'm in between, I'm good and it's fine, but I'm tired of the grind. Then I come alive in the night to realize I'm in the middle of the time of my life. I'm never so packed for the stack, never lied on the back, got a bag from the way.
feel for my lips feel bent from the bit. Take a sip till I pass out. Try and get grit, but it don't make sense. Cause you can lose life on this fast route. Yeah, turn thoughts to a cash cow. I might flip that to the glass house. I don't need the accolades, I'm in love with the chase. I just wanna eat, save a spot at the table. Beast with the slap, hit myself on the map. Long with the wind, but we know that it's cap. Five hour flights, couple nights at the flat. To be real, could you see me making moves while I'm at? I'm still on the grind, let me time when I chat. I'm burning down sage, keep the demons away. When I write it, give a piece of myself to the page. I don't do it for the praise, love. That's just how I'm made. Truth in the glass yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. Do it at me, old man. Trying to pass in the fear. You're the first one to talk, but the last one to hear. Eyes blurry, but I couldn't see the ass.